0: welcome to the media time out podcast
1: let's be great
0: let's be great you're home for the sports content you want with the authenticity you need I have some fun out here you know and enjoy the journey of all this and trying to get 16 wins and going after a gold trophy where nothing is out of bounds now welcome your host jamal tanner hey, jamal. Welcome to the MTO Podcast. We're doing our NFL Draft Special today. We're going to talk all things draft, give you guys a little rundown of what we might see on Thursday. Um, here with my main man, Nick. Uh, before we get started, on, we're going to go through some top fives, some busts, locks, sleepers, all that good draft stuff. Uh, before we get started on that, I know, Nick, you like to ask me a lot of questions. So let's go ahead and see what kind of questions you have for me, and then we'll kind of break down our, our list and what we got for you. Um, so, you got any questions draft related questions for me, Nick?
1: I do, I do. I actually don't have many this year because, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm gonna give the the fans a little insight in my mind. I think this is kind of a boring draft. So I don't know if you guys heard me, but I don't think this is the most exciting draft. So I don't have really too many questions. I think that in the past I would probably have more, but uh, I do have, like I said, a few. Malik Willis, is that a lock to the Steelers in your opinion? Like, I feel like we've kind of been talking about it. I feel like me and you for a while have been on the Steelers about needing a quarterback, especially a younger quarterback because, you know, they haven't exactly had that the last however many years. I feel like even when Ben Roethlisberger was young, he was still an old QB. So uh, is, is that kind of a lock, do you think?
0: I don't think there's locks in the NFL draft. I think if the Steelers get an opportunity, I think they'll take him. But you know how teams can swoop in and get and get in front of them and and do that kind of thing. So I don't want to say it's a lot because there's a lot of wild stuff that happens in NFL drafts. Um, but I definitely think that's something that's someone they're targeting because he's really to me the only first round quarterback. Um, I could see them selling Kenny Pickett because he played at Pitt. You know the fan base. You know there's a, the other different things there, and I think Kenny Pickett's a solid quarterback too. But really the only guy that has the potential to have that wow factor because I'm not even sold that it's a hundred percent sure that he's going to be that guy. But I think he's the only one that shows me to be, have like top 10 quarterback potential. Um, But a lot of people don't reach their potential. So uh, back to the point, I wouldn't say it's a lock to happen, but I would say that um, the Steelers are definitely probably targeting him. I said, definitely, probably, I hate that. They're definitely targeting him and we'll see if somebody else swoops in and, and steals him.
1: Okay, I, I like that answer on that about Malik. It definitely seems like it's a match made in heaven. Let's see if uh, that match can be made. Every year, we hear a name. Usually, I, I feel like the name comes around 8, 9, or 10 pick where you go, what the hell? Like I'm trying to remember. Usually, it's like the Raiders do, do this. They pick a guy really high. You're just like, no fucking way. Like, Who is this year's no fucking way pick for you?
0: That's a really good question. Well, I guess baked into the question is the fact that I'm not going to know the answer to that because that's why it's no fucking way, right? <laughs> because if I do that, then it wouldn't be that surprise. Um, I do think it happens this year because I think there's enough... I don't think there's the talent that's far and away above head and shoulders to where it's just like, can't miss. Like, once you get to, like, 10, I think there can be a really large difference in opinion because really when we look at all this we get the opinions of all the pundits we don't really ever get the opinions of the guys who do it for a living you know like that are actually working for these teams so i think there's enough i don't want to say parody but like i don't think the gap is really that big once you get from 10 so i can imagine there are going to be a couple of those like you picked who i think that's going to happen but i don't know who it is because I mean, that's that's the fun of the NFL draft, right? Is that you never know who this guy is going to be. And then we'd be judging the hell out of that player, too, don't we? We'd be like, you picked him, what? And then we'd be like, okay, let me see what he got. Like, week one, we're ready to say he's a bust. So uh, that's kind of some of the fun of it. But I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm ready to find out.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was a funny question, interesting question I could ask you. I know this it's one of those ones you can't really answer because it's almost being like, hey, tell me the future, you know what I mean? But... I still thought it was a good question to ask because it happens. Like you said, it's going to happen this year. It happens every year. It, I'm sure it'll end up being the Raiders probably again. I'm, maybe not because Gruden's not there anymore. But there's definitely going to be that player that gets picked high in the uh, probably maybe the end of the first round, even middle, where you're just like, ain't no way. But, you know, we got to wait and see for that. What? Give me a name you wouldn't be surprised to hear early. Like, who do you think – I guess, not, I'm trying to say, like, not a sleeper, I guess, or whatever, but who's a name where you can see here early that a lot of people aren't talking about that you go, that makes sense to me.
0: That's funny you mentioned that. Um, Trent McDuffie is the answer to to that question for me. I think we look at him, generally speaking, he's kind of the third cornerback. Um, We talk about Sauce Gardner. We talk about Derek Stingley. I think those are kind of most people call them one and two. I think this is going to be very reminiscent of last year where we had um, ooh, why can't I think of my man's name dude plays in Denver Played for Alabama daddy was in the league Sertain uh, we talked about Sertain and then we were talking about uh, oh I'm failing twice um, there was another corner that we were talking about being one and two but then J.C. Oh, Horn, J.C. Horn ended up being Horn. Yeah. well he Horn ended up being Horn. one J.C. Horn ended up being that first pick but there was yeah, two other corners I that die. we were talking about being the first one I'm struggling right now. It's it's late. We're doing this podcast late at night. Um, brain ain't clicking right. I'm sure somebody will be listening to this and be like, you don't know this? You're supposed to be the podcast. Yeah, we make mistakes too. Whatever. Point is, is that I think he could end up being kind of third on most of the pundits board, but being the first one taken. Uh, and I, I don't think that's necessarily wrong either because he's got a lot of stats to back up. The dude is a, a real player. Um, I like that kid a lot. So I think that's the guy that's going to go earlier than expected. And I think it will be well-earned because I really like that kid.
1: Okay, I got one more question for you. Kind of a question that I feel like we'll get back uh, to later when we talk about a certain player. But this Georgia defense last year was very good, very talented. A lot of players coming out in the draft this year, they're going to be drafted very high, maybe even number one overall. With that being said, with so many great to good players on one defense, do you think there's a guy that slips through the crack or maybe gets the league and just isn't as good because he's playing around so many talented players? And I maybe I call it the Kentucky syndrome maybe. You know, you're surrounded by so many talented players it almost kind of looks easier to look better, but once you, you know you're in the league on that next level, you kind of got to do a little bit more on your own with less talent around you. And it's a little bit harder. Is there a guy on Georgia you think fits that mold or maybe multiple, or are they all kind of benefiting from that kind of type deal? Like what, what do you think about that?
0: I think it's a very interesting question. And I think with the way football is played, there's gotta be some people benefiting from the fact that you have other NFL players pretty much on the entire defense, right? Um, Who that is. I think that's going to make that just a tougher eval for, for teams. It's like we look at N'Kobe Dean and everything I see is a stud, but you can also make the argument that he comes he comes to the whole clean because Jordan Davis was clogging up the the, the middle, you know? So it's hard. It's easier as a linebacker if you're untouched going to the running back and making that tackle versus you have to scrape off a of block and then make a tackle, right? I'm not here to say N'Kobe Dean's not that dude. He looks like that dude to me. I'm just giving an example. So for me, I think the cornerbacks, but we already kind of saw that. Um, Darion Kendrick was very high as far as one of the best cornerbacks on the draft. We watched him play against Alabama and we had to reassess um, because once he was playing against a team that the defense wasn't able to just get to the quarter, get home to the quarterback every play, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now you have to hold up. You ain't holding up. Now, granted, I don't think, he was, playing, he was playing against Jamison Williams and, and Mechie for the first half of that, so he's playing against pro receivers. But we weren't as high after that game as we were before that game, and, and I think some of that was that reason. Now, even in the National Championship game, Jamison Williams was about to get off before he got hurt, right? So I think some of that tape came out and some of what you're talking about kind of showed up for the for the back end of the defense. question is going to be is there any of that in the front end of that defense? which the answer is probably yes, but who benefited the most? And that's where you're going to have, that's going to be a tough evaluation. Um, It's going to really going to depend on where they land, because if they land in the scenario where they're also in a good place, then we know what they can do when, when they're free runners. But if they land on a, maybe a more developing team that doesn't have that, if you're a defensive end, they don't have a guy on the other side. So now you're fighting off double teams and you didn't have to do that at, at Georgia because everybody could get to the quarterback. You, you didn't have to do any double teams. So I think that exists. I just think it's a really hard eval to find out who that guy is because they're all benefiting from each other. It was kind of a symbiotic relationship. So somebody in there is probably going to be a bust, but <laughs> who that is, it's like that, um, that, cooking show or whatever that they're doing now towards it's like one of you ain't real cook and they're just out here fucking it up for the rest of them. You have to figure out who the, who the fraud is. Like That's how it's going to be with that Georgia defense. It's like, which one of them isn't that dude? That's going to be a tough thing to find out. It's going to take some years before we we find out who that fraud was.
1: So I have one more question because it came up while you were talking. I just, It just popped in my head. Should someone maybe say no to the Jags if they want to pick them and be like, you know what, I don't want to play for y'all.
0: You mean the Eli Manning approach?
1: Yeah, like, I, I don't want to play y'all, y'all Y'all don't know what you're doing. Like, you don't get it together. Like, I don't want to go there. Like, should someone Eli the Jags?
0: I don't know if you can do that if you're not insulated by being Eli Manning. You know what I mean? Like, you have the family, the, the whole... You have backing, you have supporters, and powerful supporters, if you will, when you're Eli Manning. If you're... Evan Neal, Aiden Hutchinson, or apparently Trevon Walker, who's apparently the leader in the clubhouse with the first pick. I don't know if you can recover from that the same way a quarterback can because people are so desperate for quarterbacks that they're willing to kind of play ball a little bit. I'm not sure if they're doing that for Trevon Walker. So I don't think it's a good business decision. I understand why someone would think through that decision, but. I don't know if it would be in their best interest to do that because they don't play that premium position at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I just I just thought it was interesting. It seems like a while since somebody you know a good old fashioned I don't want to play there. So I just you know and it's the Jags, man. They they ever you know they just can't get right. So I just figured I ask you if maybe someone was ever considering, you know being like, ah, don't, please don't take me. Maybe like I really don't want to go there, guys. Like please, please don't.
0: I mean, I'm sure it'll happen at some point because it'll probably try to happen like under the radar, the back channels and then, you know, Twitter and all that stuff That's going to get out there and then they're going to have to face it Let me ask you one question before we get started because you said you think this is a boring draft um, and I think there's been less excitement about this draft than last year Is that strictly the quarterback position? And the fact that we don't feel like we have stars at the quarterback position Is that what makes this draft less exciting than last year? I think it
1: is. I think, you know, we put so much and invest so much into the quarterback position and talk about it so much and key on it being so important to team success and failures that it does become a Like it becomes almost the sun and everything the NFL does the draft. Ooh, what team's going to get a quarterback to make their future or make their team as a, better? Ooh, what, what team's going to get a quarterback in the offseason to make their team better? Ooh, what quarterback's going to retire and then unretire and come back? Ooh, what quarterback did this? You know, like, everything is so quarterback now that, like, it it does, every, you know, everything does revolve around quarterbacks. So the fact that this year's draft doesn't really have a marquee QB or marquee QBs in general or just guys that we kind of talked about a lot on the uh, collegiate level, I think brings the intrigue uh, of this draft down, you know, it's in Vegas and it seems like it's in green Bay. Like you would have thought it was somewhere where nobody wants to go, but yet it's in Vegas. And I still feel like nobody's really talking about the draft. So I think if we had better quarterbacks that were coming out, it definitely would be a more hyped up, talked up draft. But the fact that we're not really interested in the quarterbacks and the top players really at this, uh, the top of the draft are defensive players Uh, lineman, uh, corner, you know what I mean, safety, and Hamilton, so it's just it's not a sexy draft, I think, for everybody.
0: Yeah, I think you're definitely on to something, but you know what, we're going to break it down either way, Uh, so let's go ahead and get started into that. Um, Basically, MTO as a collective, instead of making two different lists, we made one list, Um, so I'm going to go through one position, let Nick go through the other. If we got some, we feeling froggy, we got something to say about that, we'll add our or two cents in there. I'm going to start with quarterbacks. Order we have this sins? we have Malik Willis as that number one guy. Uh, Kenny Pickett is number two. Matt Corral is number three. Uh, Sam Howell is number four. And Desmond Ritter is five. Uh, one thing that I'll add on this, I was very close to putting Carson Strong at five, because I really like Carson Strong a lot. I think his, that's a... If there was a quarterback that I was going to take in the mid-rounds that I would be confident in, that would be that guy. Um, but... This is the list we came up with. I don't think this is shocking anybody. Um, this is pretty, I guess, standard. You take the same five and jumble up the order. I think pretty much everybody has that. So I don't think there's really any shock value here. Just a lot of quarterbacks that probably otherwise would be second, third round picks. If it wasn't for the fact that they were all in one round. I mean, in one drafts because probably three of these guys are going to end up hearing their name called in the first round. And I'm only one of them really deserves it. So uh, like, like we just got done talking about this position group being what it is kind of steals some of the thunder from the draft.
1: Yeah, no, I like, we kind of talked about it before with these QPs. It's not, you know, the sexiest and glamor, you know, draft class we've had. So, I I agree. I like the Willis going number one, or not number one overall, but being the first QB uh, taken in this draft. I I like Pickett too, man. I don't know what his ceiling is, but I think he has a high floor. I think he's a safe pick. I in the right situation, I think he can definitely help a team win and be successful. I'm not saying he can be like. I'm not saying he's like an MVP, you know, a future MVP of the league. I'm just saying he can definitely be a guy who can help your team win and can be the a key part of that. And just looking at the rest of the list, the way it's falling, Corral, how uh, Ritter, all guys who I think are can maybe have a decent chance if they get the right opportunity, uh, great situations. Like I say, can land in a good to great situations, but I'm just not sure how much these guys are, you know, how great they could be or good on the next level or even make an impact really.
0: Yeah, I think they're more fit them into a solid roster versus build around them type, and it's just going to be whether or not they get that golden opportunity uh, to be that guy. Um, So why don't you take me through the running backs and, you know, like I said, if I got something to say, you know, I'll say it. So what do we have running backs?
1: All right, going down the running backs list. uh, One, we have uh, Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State very uh versatile i like him i i watched him a lot being in the big 12 he can do was just electric to me seemed like he wasn't as he seemed like he was a little bit better last year but still very good running back a dude who could fit in the ins- uh, system i would take him of course if the Cowboys had a were interested because well i'm not very high on Mr. Ezekiel Elliott anymore but th- neither here nor there um to uh, James Cook I like him a lot. Kenneth Walker at three. I think a lot more people or uh, other people are higher on him than we are, but I, you know, still third rated running back. Not like we're saying he ain't going to get drafted at all. But uh, following up after that, I say Spiller. And then I always get this guy's name wrong, and I'm probably going to mess it up again. Kyron Williams? Is that how you say it? There you we it. go. There we go. I got it. Dap me up. Yeah. Anyway, Kyron Williams filling it at five, fills out our list. I like it a lot. Like I said, I think some people probably would disagree with us with Kenneth Walker at uh, three, but this is our list, not your list. Uh, What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, so Kenneth Walker, a lot of people have him as the best running back, and I can see that. Uh, The comparison for him is generally Kareem Hunt, and I think that's a really solid comparison, but I don't think he's as good a pass catcher as Kareem Hunt, and I think that's what makes Kareem Hunt – well, Kareem Hunt. When I watch James Cook, I I hesitate to say it because of how much I think of the guy that I'm comparing him to. I kind of get a Kamara vibe, whereas when he came into the draft, we really weren't talking about him like that as one of the best running backs in that draft class. And then like right before the draft, people were like, I feel like we might be sleeping on this kid. And then when we saw him play, we were like, oh yeah, this dude's a stud. right?" And I feel like that's what we're going to see with James Cook, um, I think part of the reason why his stock isn't as high is because he—if you play for Georgia, then there's going to be like seven different running backs that you're going to have to fight for carries. Because Zamir White's another guy that was playing, and then they had Milton, and you'll—you'll um, you'll see him this—this this coming Saturdays. There's another running back that they have that's really good. So they were McIntosh, I think is his name. So they were sharing carries. And he, they kind of used him more just as a third down back, and as kind of like receiver out of the backfield, but I think he's a lot more than that. Um, so I, while I don't think this is going to be a popular order, I think it's the right order, personally. Um, Isaiah Spiller, I think is... A, if this was years ago where we just kind of turned around and handed it to our running back 20, 25 times, I think he would be higher on this list. I think he's a very good pure running back. Um, and then Kyron Williams... He reminds me a lot of Arian Foster, Um, not just because of the fact that he kind of looks just like Arian Foster, but I think he plays the same kind of way. You know, he's not the fastest, uh, but he's really good out of the backfield, finds a way to pick his spots, Um, shifty. So I think that's it's not just appearance. I think they actually play very similarly as well. All right. So let's move to my personal favorite position group, and that's the wide receivers. I've talked about them ad nauseum. It's tough doing a top five. I almost decided to make a top ten for this group because of how much I love this group. But we're doing everybody else five. I'm doing five here. Um, So my top five, personally, is Garrett Wilson at one. Or I said my top five. Excuse me, Nick. Let me me include you in this. Our top five (laughs) for MTO. Um, Garrett Wilson at one. Drake London at two. Chris Olave at three. Jameson Williams at four and George Pickens at five. Uh, There's a glaring omission in this list if you look at everybody else's list for top five, and that's Tre'Lon Burks. It's not that I don't think he can be good. I'm just more sold on this top five for me, and I think you agree that's how we ended up on this. Um, It's a tough list to make because I think there's a lot of really good receivers. Um, I think George Pickens, we didn't really get to see all of him because he did deal with some injuries, but... I think the kid's a stud. Jameson Williams would probably be a slot higher on this list if he didn't blow out his ACL in the national championship game. But even then, it's hard to say because Chris Olave, I love that dude. So it's just a really tough list. If you jumbled up this list for me and gave me a different order, I probably wouldn't argue with anybody because I think they're all that close. I think there's just five studs, and if you're a wide receiver needy team, then you got to A lot of a lot of players to pick from, and you're gonna you're gonna be happy kind of either way. The question is going to be: Is who's the Jalen Rager of the group? Right. So you have all these receivers, and everybody was good, and there was just that one that didn't end up being good or not to the same level. That's going to be you're basically trying to avoid the landmine because you got a bunch (laughs) you got a bunch of stars. One of them is going to be a landmine. You know, it's probability says somebody's going to be it. That's going to be the question that, unfortunately, some teams going to find out, um, well, in, on their roster is how they're going to find out. So, um, take me through your thoughts on the receivers.
1: No, I, I like the list. You know, like we said, this is one of the probably deepest receiver classes we've had in a while. Uh, you know, if you guys heard on the basketball pod and how I, I'm a real big Drake London fan. I'm not going to do the Fergie again because I did that last episode, so you got to catch that if you want to hear my singing voice. But um, I really like Drake London. Um, like you said, Jameson Williams would probably be a little bit higher on the list if he hadn't toured his ACL. I'm still a big fan. I From uh, from what I hear, it seems like he's going to be A-OK by the time uh, the season rolls around. So I I think I would pick him high still. I, I'm a true believer But other than that, I think, you know, I think we got a good group of guys. I believe, like you say, who's going to be the Jalen Rager in the group and just don't miss on it. So, I mean, there's a lot of good talent out there, but it's, yeah, just
0: don't miss. Yeah, don't be the Eagles. Basically, whoever the Eagles like, don't pick them. Other than Devontae Smith, they've had a really bad track record of picking the wrong guy. So, yeah, just avoid whoever the Eagles would have picked, so. I guess we can't. We don't have to just bag on Jalen Rager. I guess you can say the Henry Ruggs of the group as well, because I, I suppose I'd rather have Jalen Rager than Henry Ruggs at this moment in time. But I digress. Let's go to pass rushers. We're going to skip tight ends because I don't think most people know who the tight ends are. So if we give you a top five list. I think we're going to put you to, put you to bed a little bit. So for the pass rushers, what's our top five, Nate?
1: All right. So pass rushers, of course. I don't know if we would call it the consensus number one, but it seems to be the consensus number one pass rusher. That's uh, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. That's how you say his name, right? That's Aiden. That's that's how it looks. Yeah, like. okay, cool. that's Aiden. From all I've seen him play, dude looks fundamentally sound. I, I feel bad saying that. I feel like I'm about to throw my man all the cliche, like, white basketball lines, hard worker, grinder, gym rat. All of that. But I do like what I see out of Like I feel like he's fundamentally sound. And that can't be overlooked at times. I feel like we, I don't want to say underrate people being fundamentally sound. or or, You know what I mean? But it matters. And I feel like he is that. I feel like he would probably be the ultimate pro, professional, show up every day, work hard. So I like that. The guy who's two is uh, Kalen Thibodeau. That's a person who I really like talent-wise, but I'm not sure shows up every play all the time, game to game. And that's why he. it's funny between him and Hutchinson. I think if he had the motor of Hutchinson, I think he'd be above him, quite honestly. I think the talent is more, but I don't see the same motor that I see with Hutch on a, a every play basis. Uh, three, we got Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, Four, we got Trey Walker. And then five, I know I'm going to mess up my man's name, uh, George (laughs) Karlofatis. Karlofitis? Karlofatis. Karlofatis. There we go. (laughs) Karlofatis. There we go.
0: (laughs) Got to love them Greek names. Yeah, what's interesting about our list is that the rumor has it Trey Walker is going to be the the first pick overall, and we got him as the fourth uh, pass rusher. So that's a... That's a big deal. We don't have him as the fourth overall. We have him as the fourth pass rusher specifically. So I feel pretty confident in it. I like Trey Walker. I don't think I would take him as high as allegedly Jacksonville is going to take them. Jacksonville's track record would put me in a situation to where I still feel good about that because they're not exactly uh, hitting with everything. So yeah, I think it's a really good list. I think it's a really deep group. Um, I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention David Ojabo because I think he would be on this list if he didn't tear his Achilles in his pro day. Um, that video still makes me shake my head because they didn't seem to give not one single damn it about my man as he's laying on the ground riding in pain. Um, but it's a really good... There's, he's still going to get drafted and he's still going to be a player in the future. Modern Medicine has uh, allowed for people to recover from that and be, and be just fine. So hopefully he gets picked up. Um, still gets to live out his dream, and then we'll see him in a year. Um, But, yeah, I think it's a really good group of of pass rushers, and it'll be really interesting to see how this actually shakes out. All right, going to our linebackers, we have Nikobe Dean at one. Devin Lloyd is a guy who I love that dude. I thought about being feeling froggy and putting him at one. Nick said no, so we left him at two. Um, Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin at three. Damone Clark out of LSU. I think he led the nation in tackles at LSU. Um, and then Channing Tindall, another Georgia guy. Um, I think he's, weirdly enough, the one Georgia guy that's under the radar somehow. Um, I think he's more talented than he gets credit for. Um, so we, I have him at five. You ask me who's going to be the bust of the group at Georgia. I think Channing Tindall is not going to be the bust. I feel confident in that. Actually, I don't think either linebacker on this list is going to be that bust. Um, I like them both. So uh, what do you think about our linebackers?
1: I'm a real big N'Kobe Dean fan. I I love the guy. I love the way he plays. I do – I am a little scared because he might be the guy that benefits from the free run – or not the free rush, but not being, you know, having to deal with um, an offensive lineman and then having to make a tackle. We kind of – gets to just make plays. And that worries to me a little bit on the next level. But I just think he's an absolute stud, and I feel like he's going to find a way to to just still be this good player on the next level, and he's going to learn and get some tricks, even though I think I, I've, I'd rather take a chance and miss on a high-motor guy than a guy who maybe has more talent but it just isn't going to put it out there all the time. So I feel safe with Nicobe Dean on that level because I do feel like he will be there all the time. And Jay Tindall, like you said, I'm 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 getting more high on him the more I see him. You know, I I he didn't really stand out to me at first, but now the more I see him, I don't think he benefits as much from those guys. I don't think maybe I don't know who knows maybe because his name isn't on the radar down the list that he does. But I still think he's a good player. I think he's going to make an impact on the next level. Another solid player. Georgia's just turning them out. But, yeah, I think a lot of good players definitely in the linebacker group, too. Just is about as deep as any position out there this year also, I think.
0: All right, bring us home with the defensive backs, Nick.
1: All right, we got defensive backs. I think number one has got to be consensus, right? Like, I feel like out of all the groups we've gone, you know, down, this has got to be consensus number one. And that's Kyle Hamilton. I think he'll get no argument out of anybody, uh, Sauce Gardner at two, Trent uh, definitely a guy we talked about earlier who you're very high on. I'm very high on. Seems like nobody wants to even pass my guy's way. He's just it's just off limits over there. It's basically Chernobyl. Don't go over there. It's off limits. Um, at four we got Derek uh, Stingley. A lot of people got him probably as um, number one corner. I would say not number one. You know DBs because we are doing a safety and corners list. But Corners, he is probably favored as the number one. Me and you seem like we're not as high as on other people, but he still makes the list. We're not just going to disrespect mans. And then Jalen Petrie is the last person on the list. Another good player, but this is the list that we have. Really high on Trent, really high on Kyle Hamilton, of course. And Derek uh, Stingley, I still kind of need to see a little bit more, but I do think he still will be a solid pro.
0: Yeah, I think Kyle Hamilton, there's a lot of scouts that think he might be the best player overall, right? He just doesn't play a position that we're going to draft number one overall. Um, but from a talent standpoint, he could potentially be be the, the best player in the draft. So I think, like you said, I think we're pretty comfortable putting him at hitting him there. Uh, Jalen Petrie at five, I think is probably high for most people's list. I just think he plays a role that is very important in today's NFL because um, he's a safety, so he can come up and run support, but he can also play nickel, which is becoming like damn near the most important position on the defense because you can get Cooper Cupped, and that can ruin your whole day because he's out there in the slots just working people over. So if you get a good nickel, um, that can also stay on the field in base package because he can play safety, uh, support the run, play center field, very versatile uh, defender. Uh, that's why he makes the list for us is we think his versatility and the different ways you can use him make him scheme versatile and basically a a fit regardless. And I think that's going to be very important in today's NFL. So that's how he snuck into our top five. So those are our lists for our top fives. We'll get those posted on social media and you guys can tell us how stupid we are. And then five years later, we'll tell you how right we were the whole time. Um, But that's, that's tomorrow's thing. So the next thing I want to go over is the sleepers we always talk about sleepers guys that get picked a little later in the draft do you have a guy for you that you think is a sleeper and that people are overlooking but he's going to be a very solid pro
1: i do i do um we you know kind of talking about sleepers you know beforehand and i was like man you know i really don't know how sleepers i was i kept finding uh bus, because we were looking for our list on these, and I kept find a bus, but I couldn't find any sleepers, and then I finally came across a sleeper. I was like, you know what? I really like this player, and I was watching the tape on him, and I was, like, seemingly starting to just kind of fall in love. I was like, ooh, you know, can the Cowboys get this player? Like, what can we do for this guy to be on my team? And that's Cam Taylor-Britt, man. I just, I love what the guy brings to the team. Real physical. Definitely not afraid to come up and hit. Makes plays on the back end, too. Uh, He just... I just like what I see out of him, man. And I don't know... I haven't really heard his name kind of being brought up. You know, we didn't... You know, we didn't even really bring him up being on our top DBs list. But I really like his game. I think he can... I think he can do a lot for a team off rip in the right position. And if he's a sleeper, then he's more than likely going to end up hopefully on a team that needs him kind of right away, maybe at the end, you know... Uh, of the first round or second, you know, just somewhere on a good team where he can contribute and not end up on a bad team where he's kind of being good, but just not really able to do anything for you.
0: Yeah. I think he's a really good player, but I don't know if he's going first or second. I think he ends up going third or fourth, but that doesn't mean that he's not a good player. And I think that's what makes him a sleeper is he's going to, he's going to be undervalued. Um, So, you know, sleeper for me is always, this is the one that's the hardest for me to pick one. Um, This is my damn podcast, so I'm not going to pick one, you know, so um, I'm going to give you four names. I'm going to be as brief as I can be. I I like to gush over players sometimes, so I'm going to try to be brief. Uh, The first one is David Bell. Um, People are kind of crushing him a little bit as a wide receiver out of Purdue uh, because of his 40 time. All I got to say to that is put on the tape and show me better receivers, really. Like, I mean, he could have very easily been on my top five list. Um, he's that good. I think people are sleeping on him. I think he'll be a very solid pro. Uh, Jalen Weidemeyer, I think ESPN has him as like the 12th ranked tight end. He's my number one tight end. I just think he's the best tight end. He's the, the most complete one. I think he's the most dangerous one. He reminds me of, from a style standpoint now, don't get carried away, but from a style standpoint, he reminds me of Antonio Gates. Um, most teams can use an Antonio Gates. Um, Now, I don't think that's what he's going to be per se, but I think he's cut from that same cloth, and I think he'll be a good pro. Tell you how much I love receivers, this receiver class in particular. Next one is Danny Gray out of SMU. I think that kid's a stud. He's a great slot. Take the top off of defense. Uh, He's a hands catcher. He has really good body control. He actually reminds me of Garrett Wilson, just not as good as Garrett Wilson. So that's my number one receiver overall. I think they're very similar. Um so I think if you're looking for you don't want to spend a first rounder but you're looking for someone of that ilk I think you can get Danny Gray probably in the 4th or 5th and I think you'll be happy with that pick and then lastly Rashad White out of Arizona State I think the kid's a stud he's probably 6 on my list for running backs um I think most places have him closer to 10 um I just really like his game I don't see any reason to think that he won't be a stud Love the kid. So those are my sleepers. Try to keep that brief. Let's move on. Who do you think is going to be the bust of the draft? Now I
1: know this is going to be controversial. and I'm letting y'all know off rip, but it's Trayvon Walker. I just I don't believe he's first round overall, no number one pick material, and I I just don't see it. I think he's really good. I think he's going to be solid in the league, but number one overall, like I just, I don't see it. So to me, that falls into bus category. If I, your lowest that you can be to me at number one is Jadavion Cloudy, right? Like to me, that's where the lowest you could probably be. And I just don't see him being that. I see him being lower than that. So that's a bus. So I got, I got Trey Walker as my bust, man.
0: And we're hating on Trey's today cuz I got Treylon Burks as my bust. I was talking about at wide receiver who I think that landmine is. Um there's a lot to like with Traylon Burks, don't get me wrong, but there's things that concern me. Um I feel like when you watch him at Arkansas, now granted, he never really played with a great quarterback, but I feel like he was schemed open more than he just got open. And and That's kind of my concern. If I'm going to take a a receiver in the first round, he should be able to just route somebody up and get open versus me have to Kyle Shanahan some wonderful play design to where he's just wide open. Like I shouldn't have to do that for my first round by receiver, and I have a little concern that you may have to do that with him. He also has some drops issues. Um, He does generally catch with his hands. Sometimes he can be a body catcher. I don't like that. I'm not going to sit here and say he is going to be a terrible pro, but I think, I think I've identified who I think is going to be the Jalen Rager. Like, right. Jalen Rager still a pro. He's still in the league. He's still out there catching balls. But when you look around and you're like, Oh, we could have had Justin Jefferson. Oh, we could have traded up one spot and got CD lamb. Oh, we could have had T Higgins, but oh, we could have even had Michael Pittman. All of a sudden, Your average receiver that you drafted doesn't look as good. I think that's where Traylon Burks is headed. So we went over who we think's got bust potential. Who in your mind is a lock, Nick? Like who's – you ain't worried about it 100%. He's going to be a good pro.
1: Oh, it's Drake London. I mean, I don't know how much often in Over the Moon I got to talk about my mans, but it's Drake London. Like I can't see him not being good and just – Stay, standing out at the next level. I feel like he has everything that you need your typical, you know, day one, number one receiver to have. So, in my eyes, is Drake London, especially in this draft class where, like you said, it's deep with receivers and you just don't want to miss and be... I, I'm not going to say the man's name again because I feel like we've been picking on him, so I'm not going to use his name. But you just don't want to miss. And I just feel like Drake London is can't miss. So, that's definitely my lock of the draft. I feel like I feel like you pretty much like just, you know, just donkey this, cover your eyes, throw it, and hit a wide receiver, and you probably won't miss,
0: but I'm picking Drake London. Basically, for the same reason I'm picking Chris Olave. I don't think he has the highest ceiling, and that's why he's not the number one receiver on my draft class. Uh, On our draft class, I keep saying my. Why am I so selfish? It's ours. Um, our, Our top fives, he's not our number one. But I don't see any way he's not a good pro. Like that to me seems like, well, a lock. Hence the segment. So uh, he's just way too smooth in and out. He can take the top off the defense. He can get the intermediate. He's a hands catcher. Got good body control. Like, yeah, he's a lock. He's gonna be a good pro. There's there's not a doubt in my mind. Like I I'm not really the type that just give you like a straight up bet for something like that. I'm more of a DraftKings kind of better, I guess so to speak. But. I'd be willing to bet some money that Olave is going to be a good prop. But I'm probably not going to take you up on it if you hit me on Twitter asking to bet. I'm just hypothetically, like, is what I'm saying. Okay, so I want to play one more game, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. We've talked about the quarterback position and how we're not super impressed with the draft class. Um, But we know how teams are with quarterbacks and how they kind of want their quarterback now. You know, it's kind of that JG Wentworth. (laughs) it's my money and I want it now. That's how people are with their quarterbacks. So um, I've just named uh, five teams that need a quarterback. And I want you to tell me if they should take one this year or if they should wait until next year, which is projected to be a much better quarterback class. So let's start with my Falcons. Should they take one now or should they wait?
1: Nah, you gotta, you gotta wait. You you just got uh, Mariota. This isn't, like we said, one of the better draft classes for QBs. You wait it out, man. Wait it out for next year. See what else else is coming down the pipe. There's always some dudes that are going to ball out of nowhere that's going to, you know, really impress. And next next thing you know, we got four guys that we really love next year coming into the draft. So, to me, if you're the Falcons, wait. Keep getting guys that you really like. Keep drafting in other spots. Defense, offensive line. You know what I mean? Let's let's start – keep building the team from the ground up and then – when that quarterback comes along that you can kind of, you know, go after it and go after it. But I don't think this is the year for the Falcons to go after it.
0: 100% agree. I'm terrified to death they're going to take one this year. I don't think they should. Uh, Pittsburgh, take one now or wait?
1: I've been saying take one for like three or four years for Pittsburgh. So maybe this is finally the year they listen and take one I hope it's Malik Willis they get that figured out so they can get him in there. I think that'd be a perfect fit for their organization. But uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, you can't wait any longer. I mean, I guess you technically could because you've been waiting and just been neglecting this position for this long. But I think you got to take a swing this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, what's that? What's that song? It's just like, I've been waiting. For a girl like you. I feel like that's what Pittsburgh needs to be singing to Malik Willis right now. Like it's 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 that time now for them to go ahead and take one. Alright, Seahawks, does do they take a quarterback or do they wait? Or should they wait?
1: I say you wait, man. I like it's like we said, we it's not like the best class and if you're Seattle, why do you don't take a mediocre QB? You know what I mean? Like to me you wait. You sit it out, you're not gonna be a good team anyway. Like even with you know what I mean? Like, say you get a picket or whatever. Like, how good how good would he have to be for them to even be okay? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see it worth it for them. I see you just sit and try to find a better upside and also just keep building out since you know you're pretty much not gonna contend this year anyway. So if I'm Seattle, I wouldn't do it.
0: I would personally wait as well, and that's on two on on two facets. I'm waiting in the draft. And I'm also not trading for Baker Mayfield. I am waiting all together. So Drew Locke, you're up. You can't fail because if you suck, then we get a better pick. And if you're good, then you're good. So no pressure, Drew. Go out there and play. Have fun. Listen to Jeezy. Do your thing. And we'll live with the results. That's the way I look at it if I'm the Seahawks. All right. Panthers. Same question. You know the drill.
1: I say you do. I, I... The Pan- like what are the Panthers doing at this point? Like, real honest question. Like, do you know? I don't know. So if we don't know. You don't know. Take a QB. I mean, I think Sam Dar- is Sam Darnold still on the roster. I think Sam Darnold's still on the roster. I don't know who the backup is. I mean, take a swing on a Matt Corral or a, I'm trying to think who else is going to probably be going late that we could uh, that you could snag up
0: Ritter just- probably.
1: Ritter, a Desmond Ritter, like, just take a chance, really, at this point. Like, what's going to hurt if you're the, the Panthers? Like, the worst thing is you're going to hit. If you don't, then you're going to take another one. You know what I mean? So, if you're the Panthers, I say you take one somewhere, sometime.
0: Nah, Panthers. Y'all was talking all this shit about how Sam Darnold still play, and he's still that dude, and it was just the Jets. Nah, don't take one. Stand by your word. Go show me how good Sam Darnold is. Y'all been talking to all this Cash Buddy about how good he is. Ride with your boy. That's what I feel about it. Ride with him. Show me. Show me how great he is. Like you had all that opportunity.
1: Okay, taking your personal vendetta aside, taking that out of the equation, should they honestly take a QB?
0: Probably. Yeah. Probably. At least get somebody in the room with him. But nah. Like I'm. I'm just. I'm so done with that. They told me how great Sam Darnold was. Don't think I forgot. Like everybody, I was the only one. I felt like everybody was just like, "Oh no, you tripping. It It's just the Jets. It was the Jets. They ain't got nothing to do with Sam. I'm like you think they ain't got ghosts in Carolina, just like they do in New York? That's what he sees. That's what he said he sees. Just seeing ghosts. To answer the actual question, yes, I think they should take one. Not not in the first. I think they should take one a little later than that. Um, you should go into the season like, oh, in all honesty, with Sam as your starter, and then get a guy. Like a Carson Strong, Matt Corral, something like that. See what you got. At some point, you're going to bench Darnold because it's not going to work out. And then now that quarterback has nothing to lose because the season's probably already done anyway. And then you can go out there and it's kind of like a Davis Mills type of thing, right? He didn't start the season. He came in really low expectations. And you're like, oh, I kind of like what I saw. And then you can kind of explore from there. So I think they should take one. Lions are last. What should they do?
1: I'm going to say no, and this is why. If you take a QB this year with this team, then to me you're not going to see anything. Well, like, if he ends up having to play with this roster, then, like, I'm unless he's Jesus reincarnated, like, like I'm not going to see anything. Like, you're not going to carry this team. You're not going to impress me enough to, like, show me anything. So, therefore, why? you know what I mean? Like, I'm setting you up to fail, basically, so... To me, you stick it off with golf. You keep building this roster up. And when it's time to either sign one, you know what I mean, or get or draft a QB with some decent players around him, then you do it. But at this time, there's, there's just no point. You're going to ruin somebody, really.
0: You said they got to play on Easter Sunday in order for them to pick <laughs> <make> a quarterback. <laughs> he has returned. Um, you're probably right. I mean, I feel like that'd be. Uh, Cruel and unusual punishment to put a rookie quarterback behind that offensive line. You're basically only throwing to Amra, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I guess they did get shark, but he's going to be hurt by week seven. So don't do that to nobody. Just go ahead and mail it in one last year. But I didn't even feel bad they're doing it to golf. Golf was like, man, I used to be at the Super Bowl. I was <laughs> now I'm out here in Detroit trying to get ties with Pittsburgh and shit. So. That's tough, but I think you're probably right. If they had a chance to... I mean, Malik might not be a bad situation for them, though, because they got some pretty good running backs. I don't know. You know what? Draft one. Go get one. Go get it. Golf's been through enough. Let him hold the clipboard. He ain't got to take all this punishment. Go get a quarterback. I've changed my mind.
1: Go (laughs) Go get one, Detroit. All right. I mean, give Detroit hope, I guess. I mean, they ain't never had it or had hope, really. So go go get your savior somewhere. And then
0: you just you just got to sell it to them. Like you saw Matt Stafford on that, on that AT&T commercial. This could be you in about 10 years. All you got to do is suffer in Detroit for 10 years. We'll let you go to the next championship caliber team. And then that's we're going to be a farm system for other teams. No, nah, I'm playing. Um, but no, nah, I said to go ahead and, and why not? Just go ahead and get one. Also, we pretty much agreed on all the other ones, so I needed to disagree with something. So definitely, Lions, go ahead. Go get one. All right. Well, that's our show. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We try to take a little different approach to the draft stuff and not do all the same stuff that you see on every network ever. Um, I'm really excited for this draft. I know you're not as excited, but I'm kind of a draft nerd, so this this is what I do um once this is over i'll be super excited for the nba draft and we'll be doing the same thing with the nba draft and i'll be nerding out there as well um but until then you guys enjoy your week i hope your team drafts whoever you want them to and you guys have eternal hope until the season actually starts i know me as a falcons fan that's what i'm looking forward to so uh, you guys enjoy the draft and enjoy your night take it easy Thanks for listening to the Media Time Out Podcast. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MTO Sports and visit our website, Mediatimeoutsports.com, for more content.